My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. David Heimer is founder of Service Nation Incorporated and currently serves as Senior Vice President, where he's responsible for business operations, sales, and technology deployments. He's been instrumental in building the company's membership offerings, Service Roundtable and Service Nation Alliance, designed to provide service contractors with affordable means to improve their business and financial performance. He's one of the founders of Service World Expo and now recognized as one of the premier residential service event contractors in North America. He is the creator of Profiles in Prosperity podcast for residential contractors. David, welcome. Well, good morning. Welcome to my podcast on books and people. Today, we have a fascinating individual by the name of David Heimer, an old friend. David, how are you this morning? I'm really well. It's great to hear, hear your voice and great to talk. Yeah, hey, I'm just you. happy to be on this side of the grass. Well, you, we, we've known each other a while. I was trying to think, uh, when was it that we met and do you remember where? Yes, I I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was at a plumbing conference. Uh, you and I were both speaking at it. Right. And um, the, the thing I remember uh, most is that um, I went up afterwards and, you know, I thought your presentation was really good. And I, I said, uh, great job, Mark. I really enjoyed that. I introduced myself. And you said, what did you like about it? And um, that was, I was totally unprepared <laughs> for that. I stammered around a little bit and, you know, probably said something like, well, it made me laugh. I don't right. know. <laughs> I, I threw a curveball at you to a complete stranger. I really got to know you when we were in um, Melbourne and Sydney yes. in 2011. So I know, I don't remember when we first met but uh, in in melbourne and sydney in 2011 we both spoke at a couple service yes. nation events there and um got to know you pretty yeah well and, and in between all that we had a few other moments the bus tour in philadelphia and i remember sitting in uh, kentucky uh, outside of starbucks having a long conversation with you it's been some good times yeah that's right that's You're right that that uh that bus trip that uh tour of Philadelphia is, is uh, completely memorable. Yeah, great. Um, well, I think I had a dental emergency too, if I'm not mistaken. You had a dental emergency and we ate before or after at this great Cuban restaurant that was just an amazing place. I've been there since. Metro since or that. something, so, right? Um, yep, that was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been good food because I remember the name of the place. 
So your father was a missionary, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we uh, we lived in Africa for nine, nine years, not, not consecutively, but on and off. So nine of my first 13 years of life were uh, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And you, you traveled a great deal as a child, right? I mean, because your dad was going all over the world. Well... Um, we traveled back and forth, um, but um, when we were in Africa, we didn't travel a whole lot, um, just a little bit inside of Congo, but not a lot. But what would happen is we would come back to the United States, and then we would stop off. We'd fly through Europe, and so we would do some tours in, in Europe, um, either going or coming or both. And so uh, I... I in in total, yeah, I got some I got some travel in, but um, it wasn't like it was a constant thing. You think, uh, and I, I was the same. You know, we lived in Japan when I was little, and and my mother was from England, so we went to England every other summer when I was a kid. So, international travel was kind of hardwired into my DNA, and obviously it was for you too. Do you think that influenced your? Because you have a love of travel. I know that when you're not working, you've been to some pretty amazing places. Do you think that seed was planted? In, in your youth? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally fascinated by other people and other places. You know, I, I love hearing about what life is like in other countries. Um, it's, uh, it's the reading I do, uh, some of the reading I do anyway, and I'm, I just find the whole thing fascinating, you know. So, yeah, I love to travel. Yeah, it broadens your perspective. It kind of changes the way you see the world. It's interesting. Especially it really does. Different cultures and, you know, and yet at the same time, people are the same all over the world. Everybody wants three things, appreciation, respect, and understanding. And if you give them those three things, you know, you make friends everywhere you go. And that's one of your gifts, in my opinion, your ability to form relationships. You're really good at that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about, about travel. While things are different, um, people are sort of the same. You know, we all, we all, want to make a, the world a better place for our kids. We all want to make a, a better lives for ourselves and our families. You know, it's uh, not, nothing is really different about that. It doesn't matter whether you're a, a villager in a small African village, you, you want a better future for your family. And yeah, your kids. we all want the same things, right? Yeah. Safety, security, you know, a sense of belonging is pretty common. Where, where did you go to college and what did you study? I went to TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. You're a horn frog. Yeah. So you were a political, um, excuse me, a computer science major uh, at TCU, the horn frogs in Fort Worth, Texas. And how, how, did, that, how did that help you in, in getting involved in HVAC? Was there a kind of a logical segue? <laughs> Well, I went to work for Linux right out of college. So Linux is headquartered in, in uh, Dallas. And um, so right out of college, I went to work for, for Linux, heating and air conditioning manufacturer. And um, I was in the IT department there. And um, yeah, it was a great place to work, really nice people. And that was sort of how I got into the HVAC industry. I met uh, Met Matt Michelle there. We became really good friends, and years later, we started Service Nation, and um, so that was kind of the genesis of it all. Way back then, 
Matt and I had talked about what we wanted to do to, well, we talked about what we liked in companies, what we thought uh, good companies did, um, what they stood for, what our values were. And in Matt, I found someone who had, who shared the same ethics and values that I did. And, um, and he's just a great guy. And so, so um, so it was just a natural when we ended up uh, working together at. Uh, and at in addition to being smart, he has a tremendous amount of drive. And so you guys complemented each other really well. When you first started Service Roundtable, what year was that? Was that 2002? 2002. We, were, we raised money and we were both working full time. So we would meet at about nine o'clock at night and we would work till about two in the morning <laughs> and we did that pretty regularly um and you know it's funny it was a lot of work and i know i was really tired but i remember it really fondly we had a lot of fun and we would laugh all the time and um it was it was terrific it was really kind of abbott and costello right laurel and hardy you guys make a good pair well thank you i think so yeah he's a all, wonderful human being all these years later man you're still talking to each other that's awesome yeah. <laughs> so when you started Service Roundtable, was it a function of find a need and fill it, an unmet need? Yeah, I think so. I think what we recognized, and I, you know, I want to, Matt should take credit for this because this was his idea. It was his concept. I was just a, a guy that worked on it with him. Um, but what he recognized is that most contractors didn't have access to a group um, that they couldn't afford to get the, they couldn't afford to pay for the expensive affiliations that were available to contractors at the time. And so we recognize that over the internet, we could provide those um, those benefits. Um, and, you know, the internet, if you look back to 2002, it was still relatively young back then. And so providing that to people was relatively new and um, it was a, a huge opportunity. And so we could, we could give them an opportunity to get access to all the benefits of a group content community and cash um, but we could do it at, a, at a, a very inexpensive price, $50 a month. And so that was the genesis of the whole thing. And I remember Matt saying that he read a book called Clue Train Manifesto that was kind of the seedling for the idea. Is that, is that what you remember? Well, he read a lot of books about, um, about it. Uh, and he did mention the, the Clue Train Manifesto uh, to me. Um, but I actually never read the book, so I'm not sure how much it played into it. <laughs> well, I, I did read it, and it's interesting because it, it, it kind of speaks to what you guys did. And I think mainly for member conversations with Matt, mainly it was just the idea of it, you know, and you, you just said it in three words. You said uh, content, community, and cash. And so... That's uh, God, and you found a need in Philadelphia. Now you have like fifty-one hundred members or something, some ridiculous amount. 
Yeah, thousands of members, uh, around 5,000 all around the world. It's, um, it's amazing. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, English-speaking countries largely will have the odd member from Estonia or something like that, but right. uh, largely they're in, they're in North America and Australia and other English-speaking places. We used to have a member in the Cook Islands. I, I don't think he's a member with us anymore, but it was really funny. He would join for three months and then he would uh, quit for three months and then he'd join for three months. Then <laughs> and I'd, so I finally wondered what the heck was going on with this guy. So I sent him an email and said, why is it that you joined for such a short period of time and then you quit and then you come back and then you quit? And he said, oh, well, I work for a while, save up my money and then I go sailing. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a guy who figured it out early. Uh, pretty interesting guy. I don't know what his customers did while he, uh, while he <laughs> was off sailing. I guess they looked for another plumber maybe. but Oh, that's funny. It sounds like he had a pretty good life. Well, yeah, he's in the Cook Islands and you and I aren't. You know, so it's like, okay. So out of that came Service Nation. And that, that was really a, a, a call to action from your, from your memberships, right? For an expanded service and more information? Yeah, the, the membership has guided us in a, in a number of ways. Um, so we always thought the community was important, but we kind of, well, we significantly undervalued it in the early days of service uh, service roundtable, people would say, when are you guys going to have a meeting? And we would say, well, we're, you know, you know, you don't get it. We're an internet company. We're just going to be meeting virtually. And it turned out that people really want that face-to-face -face interaction. And we realized that we needed to have meetings. So that, so that's when we started having uh, meetings. And then eventually people said, so I've been a member of Service Roundtable for a long time. What's next? I'd really like you guys. I like what I'm getting, but I'd like to get more. And we decided we should launch a best practices group. And that's when we launched Service Nation Alliance. So that's our, that's our best practices group. It costs a lot more than Service Roundtable, um, but you get a whole lot more with it as well. You listen to your customer and then you adjust it accordingly. Yeah. They, they, um, they guided us on that and they've been incredibly supportive all these years. Uh, it's a, it's a great group of people. Uh, a lot of them are friends of mine now and it's been a terrific experience and it's been good for them. Well, your too. timing couldn't have been more perfect because comfort tech at the time was like the 900 pound gorilla and you guys would go to that. And that's where we saw each other on a regular basis. But then slowly, contracting business kind of phased that out after Alex Carney left. And, and you guys kind of picked up the mantle and expanded it. And then now, of course, yours is one of the largest gatherings in the industry. Yeah, for, for, service, for residential service contractors, we're now the, the, biggest, um, the biggest trade show. So that's Service World Expo. And, uh, you know, it... I think you've been to Ish. We've we've been to Ish uh, in Germany, and I think Ish is for those of people that don't know. Ish is this trade show in Germany. It happens every two years. It's uh, heating, air conditioning, plumbing, electrical focused, and it is the most amazing trade show I've ever been to. And 
the frustrating thing about it is for us is that it happens in Germany. Um, 250,000 people go to it. It can only be held in Frankfurt um, because Frankfurt's the only place in, in Europe that is big enough to hold it. And the frustrating part of it is that we don't have anything that's equivalent to that in the United States. So that's why we launched Service World Expo. We wanted a bigger, better show for, for the contractors. So we're nowhere near ish yet. <laughs> right. Probably won't happen in my lifetime, but uh, it's on the path and I'm really happy with the progress we've made with it so far. Plus your German's a little weak, right? So. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> yeah, das tut mir leid. <laughs> yeah, I speak German, so you know that'd be in my wheelhouse for sure. Who who were your mentors coming up? Who were the guys that really had an impact on on your philosophy? Oh, that's uh, that's a tough question. Um, well, you thought they were all going to be easy? Pardon? You thought all the questions were going to be easy? Yeah, I thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I always look for. Um, you know, it's, there've been so many people that contributed so much. It's hard to pick out one particular person. I mean, there's authors that, that I've never met like, uh, Robert Cialbini. I mean, I think his, oh. his books are just amazing. Yeah. And, um, I, I love his books. Um, in our industry, Ron Smith has been a tremendous mentor for me. Yeah. Uh, Larry Taylor has been tremendously influential for me. You've been very influential uh, in my life. Um, you know, back in other companies, um, you know, I had these these two people that I worked for, um, uh, Kevin Ricks and Luana Malott, and they were just like, the, the supervisors when I came out of college uh, and unfortunately Luana died a few years, well, mm. years ago actually. And, uh, but the, they were just the best people I could have possibly worked for when I got out of college. Uh, they were hardworking. They were really focused on delivering value to their customers, mm. the internal customers. They refused to get caught up in office politics politics they focused on doing the right thing and it and if they had to work all night long uh, and all day the next day to make it right they did it mm. so um they were you know they're, they're not anybody that anybody else knows probably right. but uh they were amazing people and it was just such a wonderful thing. I've thought so many times over the years, how lucky I was that I started my career out working with them. Well, they were two. exemplars. They showed you the way by their actions. Yeah. They must've saw something in you though, too, to kind of take you under their wing. I mean, that's been my observation is, you know, the mentors I've had along the way, you reminded them a little of themselves and they said, come on, kid, we'll show you how this works. Could be. They always claim that the reason they hired me was that um, I had been a bartender in college. So they claimed that, that was the reason. <laughs> you know how to mix a drink, by God. But you know, a great bartender is like a great hairstylist, right? They're they're just like they're like coaches and consultants, right? They ask you questions, <laughs> listen really well because their tips are based on the relationship, right? So you learn a lot as a bartender. I mean. I never was one. I was a bouncer, but I was never a bartender. But yeah, so you 
you know, the, the active listening skills are hardwired in when you're doing that job. <laughs> so we mentioned books a little bit. You know, Cialdini is one of my favorite authors. And, uh, you know, this obscure Arizona State professor who sold millions of copies of the book Influence, which is one of my favorite mm. books. Uh, what other books had an impact on you? Uh, the E-Myth is huge, of course. That's uh, not just... Uh, not just for what it does for contractors, but it, it applies to our own business. Uh, um, I think Ron Smith's book, um, HVAC Spells Wealth is an yeah. amazing book. I, I, I take it to heart as well. And, and you know, my only, my only complaint about that book, and I've told Ron this, is that he called it HVAC spells wealth. I think he could have called it uh, residential service spells wealth or business spells right. wealth. There's, it's just uh, it's it's a wealth of great uh, great information. Um, I like um, uh, Victor Frankel's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. It's oh, amazing. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting book. I'm not sure that I agree with uh, all of it, but I, I, um, I found it valuable and very thought provoking. The guys survived Auschwitz for God's sake, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that is the most compelling uh, part of the book. Um, uh, and um, well, it, 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 we could do a long, uh, a long discussion on that, but uh, it's it's a good book and it, it's a very thought provoking yeah. book. I'll tell you a book I just read recently that is really interesting uh, is White Fragility. I don't know if you've read it or if you've heard about no. it or not. It um, uh, it's a little bit controversial and it's again, and it's one of those things where I'm not sure that I agree with everything that she said. But it is a very thought-provoking book, and I think it's a timely read for right. people right now. Uh, uh, it provides an interesting perspective to uh, some of the race discussions that we're having in our society at this time. Going back to Ron Smith for a minute, I, uh, I, I poked him in the chest one day, probably 15 years ago, and I said, when are you going to write a book? And he, and he goes, stop poking me. And I said, okay, but when are you going to write a book? Right? So I bugged him for like a year. And then, uh, so then he sent me the draft, you know, the first draft. And I said, this is great. You know, this is, you're, you know, you're the godfather of, you know, maintenance agreements. This is fantastic information. So once he, once he launched it and it was doing well, I saw him again like a year later and I said, okay, now here's the problem, Ron. These guys that are buying your book, they're not going to read it. It's 250 pages. You're going to have to record it on audio so they can listen to the CD while they drive around. <laughs> he was like, he was like, what? I said, well, I'm just telling you, you know, these guys don't read, you know? So he recorded on audio and on the last time I talked to him, he'd sold like 400,000 copies. So it's like, uh, and then one day he was presenting and I was in the back of the room and I, I raised my hand and said, how do, how do these guys get a copy of your book? <laughs> Cause he wasn't talking about it at all. Right. He was talking about everything else. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Madison, he's the, he's the rock in my shoe, you know, it's like, <laughs> but you know, the guys made a profound impact on the industry, obviously to you, but to, you know, thousands of contractors and he's genuine. He's like you, he's genuinely a good guy. He is, he is a wonderful human being. Um, 
you know, I had him on, uh, on my podcast not too long ago. Um, and, you know, I wanted, I wanted to ask him to tell me just three things that contractors ought to think about. And the reason I asked him that was, you know, he was on our board of directors and Ron was one of those guys who wouldn't talk a whole lot. But when he said something, it was well worth paying attention to. Right. Uh, and so, and so in, in the meeting, he would sometimes wrap up and he'd say, well, this has been a great meeting, really, you know, here's what I think you ought to think about. And, you know, he was always exactly right. Um, so anyway, in the, in the podcast, I, I uh, asked him to give me three things to the contractors should, should think about or should do. Recruit, uh, know your numbers. Um, um, create an exit plan, maybe right. something like that. You know, it's it's stuff. It's good stuff. It's great advice, but you've heard it before. Uh, Ron's totally different. Right. <laughs> so, what did he say? What were the three things? I knew you were going to ask me. I should have been prepared for that. Um, one of them was about going to visit another contractor. So he said, you know, essentially it's, it's about networking, but it is go visit another contractor's office, spend a whole day there, go through everything and get to know everybody. And you're going to then report back to the contractor and you're going to learn so much by doing that. And it's going to help him as well. Um, you know, and do that for a contractor that isn't in the same city with you. So, you know, right. you know to, uh, compete. Uh, the other one was, um, always be on the lookout for new products and services that you can offer your customers. What can you do for them that they haven't, that they need, they may not even know that they need. What, what else could you give them, sell them, provide them that they don't currently right. have? And I can't remember what the third, Oh, I know the third one was, uh, uh, uh go to meetings. Like, and you know, he specifically mentioned Service World Expo. So I really appreciated the plug. Right, of course. <laughs> and it's there you learn about the importance of service agreements. I mean, you know, he said the road to wealth is paved with service agreements. And I think he had like 15,000 or something when he finally sold his company in Florida. Yeah, he really is the godfather of the industry. Such a great And guy. that's what I told him on more than one occasion publicly, which is like, he's so humble. He hated that, you know, it's just like... <laughs> I think it embarrassed him a little bit, but you know, give credit where credit's due, right? Ron's the guy. Yep. So in your love of travel, two cities uh, abroad and uh, in the U S that were just, you can't wait to go back your favorite places to visit. You know, that's, that's an interesting question. And I actually get asked that a fair amount. Um, and I, I, I would guess that I answer the question differently almost every time because you know, there's probably some place I really don't want to go, but almost any of the places I've gone, I would be really happy to go back again. Um, I, it, we, Cindy and I, my wife and I took our sons to Paris in the, in last fall. I always love going to Paris. You just can't go wrong going there. It's, it's, uh, it's a fantastic place and I'm happy to go back anytime 
anytime I would have the opportunity to. Uh, the food's so um, lousy too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just something about being able to get up first thing in the morning and head down, you know, walk down the street a little bit to a little cafe, get some uh, cafe au lait and a croissant, sit there on the sidewalk and watch people walk by. It's just the best thing in the world, you know. I could, I could do that every single day. That would be 30,000 awesome. restaurants in Paris. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. How about how um, about in the U.S.? Huh, I like San Francisco a lot, but you know I like Seattle a lot. Too. I used I used to like Seattle. I like San Diego a lot. I used to like Seattle. Pardon? <laughs> um, well, I haven't been there recently, so maybe it's uh, maybe uh, maybe um. It, Maybe I just um, am remembering it fondly. It's um, it's just as well you remember how it was because it's changed. It's it's. Uh, I went to um, I went to Ottawa uh, last year, and Ottawa was uh, a surprisingly fun and beautiful place to visit. So I would be really happy to go back to Ottawa again, uh, not in the winter. <laughs> right. Um. You know, we went to New Zealand a few a few years ago, and New Zealand was really beautiful. And I think if I had one place to go right now, I would go back to New Zealand probably. That's awesome. Well, they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings there, so you know, it can't be can't be too bad a place, right? So we're we're running out of time here, my friend. So I, I'll ask one last question, uh, parting shot. What advice would you offer contractors? You know, if you could say do these three things and you'll be successful, what would you tell them? So I think that, I, I'm just gonna give you one actually, because I think it is the most important. You know, the, the thing is that we learn from other people. Um, and um, Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool soccer team has this great saying, or it's their motto and it is, you'll never walk alone. If you're a Liverpool fan, a Liverpool supporter, you'll never walk alone. And I feel like that on the road to success, you just end up being more successful and the path is easier, easier when you travel with other people. And so getting to know other people that are in the industry with you, that are looking for the same things you are, that are walking down that, that road to success and trying to, to make that trip. Going with other people is so much better. It's more, more fun, you learn faster, you make better changes to your business. It's all about working with other people. That's, that's what I think it is. That's, that's they're, they're, after, I mean, after that, to me, it's all blocking and tackling, right. you know? Right, so. oh, that's just great advice. I, I'm always astonished at the quality of the conversations that we have, my friend. You, uh, you bring a lot to the table. And, uh, and, you know, in addition to the business success, you're genuinely a good guy. And I really enjoy talking to you. Well, thank you. Um, 
I want to talk about one other uh, one other thing, if that's okay. Do we? Uh, yes, we have uh, seven minutes, so go, go ahead. Okay. So I feel like your listeners need to hear. Haven't heard before. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. So they need to hear a story about me. Yes, a story. About okay. They, they haven't heard sure. Story go, before, go ahead. So I feel like I should share it with them. And um, so it it goes back to the time that uh, we were in Australia, and specifically we were in Melbourne. And we we're walking by the Yarra River. I don't know if you remember this area. It's a very nice retail yep. area. They have concerts there and, you know, really nice, nice space. And there was this woman that was out there busking. She had her guitar out and, uh, and you know, her guitar case was open to put money in. And uh, she was playing Blackbird by, by the Beatles. And she was just butchering it. Just, it was... It was just horrible. And Janet Thomason and I were walking up in front. We walked past her and I leaned over to Janet and I whispered, Janet, I think I would pay her money if she would just stop butchering that song. And she laughed and we walked on a bit. I looked back and there you were and you put money in her in, in, in the guitar case and you said, keep on practicing. You're going to get where you want to go. And I, I was talking to Matt Michelle about that later. And I said, you know, this is the thing about Mark that I like so much and I admire so much. He always sees the potential in people. He sees that if they keep on working, if, if they feed the dream, that they're going to get somewhere. Mm. Matt, of course, came back and he said, I don't know, maybe. But on the other hand, maybe he just uh, caused her to spend another year in her life pursuing something that'll never happen to her. <laughs> so there is that cynical uh, view of the whole thing, but uh, it is one of the things that I really admire about uh, you. You always see the potential in other people. Uh, you always help people achieve better versions of themselves. And uh, it's a wonderful thing about wow, you. Wow, I appreciate that. That's high praise indeed. And I'll give you 10 years to stop saying that, so. <laughs> Uh, last question, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to contact you? What's the best way? Um, you can send uh, uh, me an email at uh, david.heimer, H-E-I-M-E-R, at serviceroundtable.com. David.heimer.serviceroundtable at serviceroundtable.com. Perfect. David, th thank you. Thanks for making the time, my friend. Hug Thank Cindy you. for me, and uh, man, keep making a difference in the world. Thank you. It was great. Look forward to seeing you again. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website www.sparkingsuccess.net
And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans. <laughs>